Welcome back to the Insatiable Content Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Rossmeyer, where we only podcast when I'm feeling 100% Vincent. Um, here we go. So this podcast is going to be focusing on the 2023 NBA playoffs. As you all know, I'm an NBA obsessive. Uh, you know, that doesn't actually mean that I watch the games. It does mean that I follow it avidly on tr- uh, Twitter and other social media for all the dr- drama. Uh, to join me, I have last year's stellar star guest, Alex Jarrell, but also a new addition to our bench. It is one Daniel Meekins, and we are all, I'd say, very comparable NBA fans. So we're going to go into this. We're going to go series by series, say something we're excited about, disagree with each other because all we do are hot takes uh, and see how this ends up. So let's jump right in. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Great. Uh, As always, it's hard enough for me to convince my wife that I can sit and watch all of the games, it's now even harder to say, hey, you need to take care of the baby because I want to do a podcast where I talk about watching the games. Uh, so I'm very glad to be here, but I've used a lot of capital to, to get on this podcast. Children need to learn early in life what your priorities are and where they stand in the ranking of things within their life. They Otherwise, right, they, yeah. otherwise they just get spoiled. Yeah, you stamped it. They know what time it is in the fall every Sunday. Daddy's unavailable. And so when I say it's podcast, NBA playoff time, they have now married the two. And that's my single greatest accomplishment as a human being. (laughs) Well, uh, let's jump right in. Um, We're going to, like I said, go series by series. Let's start in the East. Bucks heat. Um, Alex, I'm going to let you lead us off here. What are you thinking about this series and why on earth should anyone care or watch? Well, first glance, you shouldn't, you know. Bucks are the prohibitive favorite. They're the top seed. The uh, Heat have struggled all year, barely made it into the playoffs, lost to a terrible Atlanta Hawks team, and then barely beat a Chicago Bulls as a 10th seed. And yet, the history of the Heat tells you something different. It's not terribly different than the Warriors in the West. Like, Jimmy Butler is that guy. I want to watch him. Van is that guy. And so... While every stat says that the Bucks should walk away with this in four or five, I think it's going to be friskier. I do think it's going to go six or seven. I'm excited for this, um, you know, much more than a typical one eight. I couldn't disagree more. I think it's going to go five. The only things I am excited to see are my MVP, Giannis, just utterly dominating. The Heat just don't have the size to match up. And then, of course, the other thing is hopefully we'll get a glimpse of Tyler Hero's absolutely terrible chest tattoo. Um, and I and while I while I love him, he's kind of look alike. I, people have said that um, our games are similar too. Um, I like that. <laughs> I mean, well, I, no defense. Uh, incredible, at the wrong time. incredible shooters, irrational confidence. Yeah, all all of those things. Yeah. So AJ, I appreciate you trying to make this a storyline. It's not or <laughs> one bucks if folks are lucky. If you're really a fan of the game, you're watching to see if the role players or the bucks can find some sort of a groove. If I'm be honest, I'm working on my free throws. I'm working on my pull-up. <laughs> I need that later in the playoffs. But they can play around these people and win this thing 4-1. They're deeper than they've ever been this time of the year. We need to see what Chris Middleton has coming into his first playoff run in a while. Those are the only storylines. The only thing dope about Miami is the club after the game. I, I went to Miami-Boston Game 7 of the Eastern Conference uh, last year. I was stunned how beautiful the 
the game and how there were so many people who were dressed up like it was the club going to the game and they weren't watching the game. They were just walking around the concessions, you know, just want to be seen. It was a totally different environment than any other NBA game I've got to. Well, and it's also, it's also just funny when you watch the games on TV, unless it's very tight in the fourth quarter, the stands are half full, even though it's a sellout, like, because they are not watching the game. Oh, that was the game seven. Yeah. I was like, where, where is everybody? Oh, they're at the, uh, you know, downstairs courtside, you know, a little restaurant. All right. Well, I think, I think we all are going to say this is probably the least entertaining, exciting series of the first round matchups. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe you'll actually be right, Alex, and, and there'll be more to it than expected. Um, all right, let's jump into the next one, Celtics, Hawks, and I have a, I'm just going to go on a tirade when it's my turn, but I'm going to let you lead off here, Daniel. You you tell us what you're excited about in this matchup. In the Eastern Conference, this is the one I'm the most excited about. Really? You got a next, a what? You have a next team. This is a guy to watch the basketball. Go on. They have nothing to lose. They got a, young, a bunch of young guys trying to prove themselves, and they're hungry. And on the other end, you got... The MVP and Joel Embiid. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about Celtics Hawks. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was going crazy. Oh, okay. You're Celtics like, Hawks. Right Celtics Hawks. This should be a sweep. Yeah. I'm actually mad the Hawks are like in the playoffs. That's just not. Agreed. I don't want to see that. I just don't want to see that. Um, like at all. Trey Young, the guard plays cool, but I mean, come on now. Who was their third option? Two tiny guards. I'm glad they made it again. The greatest thing Atlanta's going to bring to this series is the nightlife after the games. Well, I love DeAndre Hunter as a UVA grad, but other than that, I, I, I think Trey Young is my least favorite basketball player in the NBA right now. He is. He combines the inefficiency of Russell Westbrook with the... Why are you going to throw Westbrook? Oh, oh why are you do that? Sorry, hey, I'm just... It's a great comparison, man. I'm just... I'm Alex just, is being insatiable right now. I'm just stating facts. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the thing... Look it up. And the thing with Trey Young... The thing with Trey Young is he's constantly compared to Steph. Just because you take long threes doesn't mean that you're Steph. They actually have to go in. Look at look at Trey Young's shooting percentages. They're terrible. And yet we act like he should continue to shoot all this time. You know what? Devontae Graham is the same type of player as Trey Young. He just doesn't get to shoot as much. If you want an inefficient player, you can find him across the NBA. I don't know why everyone treats Trey Young like he's this transcendent offensive player. So what I'm looking forward to most is him just utterly failing in this and the Sam Hauser DeAndre Hunter matchup because UVA alums are just the best. If Trey Young gets a haircut, I'm excited about that. I agree. I agree. Well, that is actually what I was going to say. Like you say the reason why Trey Young's not a superstar is because he doesn't look like a superstar. No. I want my superstars to be good looking, like guys where everybody's like, I want to follow this guy. It's like the NFL quarterback, like a Tom Brady, like this is the leader. And I want to follow Kobe Bryant. I want to follow Michael Jordan. I want to follow Dwayne Wade. These are good looking guys. Trey Young just just doesn't have it. Well, I don't know. It's interesting that you're in, in leadership work, Alex, and this is your purpose. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been so sad. It's, I've been crippled with my looks and all the time, so that's what I look yeah. for in my NBA Ho- and all stars. Hopefully this is what you say to the people you manage to. You just need to be better looking if you want to succeed. Um, now, I do have to ask, who has the better hairline? As someone who is deathly afraid of my hair receding, uh, since my father was completely bald at 18, who has the better hairline? I don't know if you saw the photos recently of Trey Lance, uh, but Trey Lance or Trey Young? 
Trey Young has a better one. That's pretty sad what's happening to Trey Lance. I, I agree. Maybe we shouldn't make fun of it, but also don't well, get a haircut like I that. I thought you were going, well, we're at, you know, obviously our listeners can't see us, but we're on a Zoom call. And both Meekins and I have hats on. And oh, I'm done. You know, part I'm done. For us over here. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So we've dispensed now with, I would say, the two most boring series. Let's get into <laughs> what I am excited about. I heard you already talk, started to talk about this, Daniel. Let's. I'm going to let you finish on it. Sixers and Nets, because this may be the... Uh, it's in my top three most excited series uh, for the first round, and I have a very hot hot take on this one. Yeah, this is going to be hot because I'm stunned. Go with Meekins. What do you I mean? I just think it's the perfect first uh, series for the 76ers. It's not going to be easy for them. Nope. And I'll get my hot take out of the way. I got the Sixers coming out of the East. Joel Embiid follows the MVP by getting to the NBA Finals. And what a perfect tune-up. You're going against a young team that's hungry, got some depth, nothing to lose, right? And so you can expect them to come out swinging. I don't think it's going to be an easy series, but it'll be the perfect tune-up for this team. I think James Harden has had a pretty underrated year and is doing an excellent job facilitating. I love Maxi. Tobias Harris leaves a lot to be desired, but again, it comes back to the big man who's been so dominant. I haven't seen someone dominate the paint but then also have the skill of like a Kobe Bryant or Tracy McGrady at the elbow. And so I'm excited to see him going around this year. Alex, I'm going to let you respond to that because I'm going to disagree. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Hey, when you look at teams that can win the championship or you look at teams that have won the championship in the past and the two best players, the team, they get along. They like each other. Like Clay and Steph like each other. Even Draymond and his weirdness, they like each other. You look at uh, Giannis and Drew. Like, if you look at their Instagram, they're 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 boys. They're doing pictures together. They're going to the All Star game together. I've never seen a happy picture of Embiid and Harden. They don't like each other. The chemistry is not there. And when there when adversity happens, and there will be adversity in the playoffs where they are going to be down six in the fourth quarter, they're going to start turning on each other. All the demons from their past are going to come out. Harden's playoff mishaps. And by the way. It's not like Embiid's been super consistent in the fourth no. quarter in the playoffs. No, like can't wait for his stomach issues to arise once again. This and is the year. No, but this is like classic. Meekins looks at the box scores. <laughs> he's like, oh, I, uh, yeah, oh my God, Joel Embiid, MVP. They're going to be great. No, I think it's, it's really easy to say. Games. I think it's easy to say the Bucks are deep. They got Giannis, arguably, arguably the, the, the best player in the world. I think it's easy to look at Boston and say, my God, they've been here time and time again. And Tatum and Brown are only ascending. I respect all of those arguments. All I'm saying is, this guy finally gets the MVP. I think we'll see a different beast in the playoffs. At least that's what I'm hoping for. And I actually think they have the pieces around them. If they also play well, they could get it done. That's my sleeper pick. I got him coming out of these. Well, here is my uh, big upset pick. I think the Nuts are going to win this series. Um, I, I can't stand the Sixers. I completely agree. I would just say this, though. I like Embiid, but Alex, who does Harden, like, what teammate has he ever actually gotten along with? Like, I know Chris Paul isn't the easiest one to get along with, nor Westbrook, but, oh my God. but I feel I bad for there. both of them. But anyway, I think Mikel Bridges has been one of the most underrated storylines here, and 
I know it's this is such a funky, weird matchup. Uh, and we were talking about this before, but listening to the uh, low post pod yesterday, Zach Lowe's pod, uh, his guest was talking about how you can just do weird stuff with this team. And one thing they should do is just go small and run the shit out of the Sixers and just shoot lots of threes and just let Embiid score. Let no one else score, take everyone else out of the game and just let Embiid score and see if he has any any energy left uh, by the fourth quarter because I think similar to Zion, the dude ha- doesn't always like have it when it comes to the end of the game. He seems out of breath. And so I just, I would, I, I think it's more wishful thinking that the Nets will win uh, on my part, but at the same time, I just have a feeling and I would absolutely love for it to happen. And if you haven't been following Mikel Bridges and what he's done since he got traded, it's one of my favorite storylines of the NBA this season. I'm so glad we're doing this podcast because this is just classic Vince and classic Meekin. <laughs> it's classic Vince to say that the Nets are going to win basically, basically just because I don't like a team or I don't like yes. a player. Yes. <laughs> and then for Meekins, he has these outlandish comments. Those Sixers are going to win the championship. He does this every year but I never have it on recording. And so when he's wrong, he then goes, oh, I didn't really say that. Oh, that didn't happen. And so I'm just glad that we have this recorded. Everybody can understand a few weeks when the Sixers flame out that he was wrong and that I was right. So if either of these takes prove correct, and obviously they're mutually exclusive, one of us, we can't both be right. I do think you have to like do some sort of formal apology to, to the- Oh no, I think you're actually somehow, you did it that we are both going to be wrong. <laughs> going to win this series. And so you were wrong. And then the Sixers are going to get smoked by the Celtics. And Meekins was wrong. Well, again, this is what makes it a hot take. And it sounds like we're bringing some sort of uh, excitement, energy, something to give the folks to pay attention to as they're watching these series. Yeah. You sound like you work at uh, at ESPN, but not like not like the not like the spotlight time, not like 5 p.m., not like 9 a.m. They got you on at like 1 p.m. when no one's listening. Right. Everybody's tired as hell throughout the day because you're just going to follow what they said in the morning and you're just going to preview what's to come in the afternoon. We bring the heat, man. (laughs) All right. Speaking of bringing the heat, what about what has to be one of the most exciting series in the first round matchups? Look at that. Look at what Vince just did. This guy's a podcast expert. It's called a transition, gentlemen. Yeah. um, So Cavs Knicks, I like I can't remember being this excited to watch the Knicks and I think they will lose. And, but my God, like this is going to be so much fun. And for me, the thing I'm most excited about is watching the, uh, the guard play in this, uh, series. Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to be fantastic. I really dislike RJ Barrett. And so I like, I, again, (laughs) I think I'm going to enjoy seeing him like not come through, but seeing Jalen Brunson, versus uh, Mitchell and Garland, and also just the fact that like every time Brunson does something well, it's just a knife in the side of Mark Cuban, who's the most overrated NBA owner, and just how incompetently run the Mavs Ooh, are. another hot take. Uh, I'm sorry, like, tell me one thing he has actually done for the amount of hype he has got. They could have signed Brunson for so little, and then to come out and do what he did last week and blame it on Brunson's uh, godfather infuriated me. It was like, no, you just mismanaged this, and now you're looking to blame people? Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, this series is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see Spike Lee on the sidelines. I can't see wait to see the Garden just absolutely alive, uh, even if I do think the Cavs are going to dominate and everyone talks up Mobley so much and I just haven't watched him enough but I'm excited to see him play too you know 
on paper, you're totally right. These are evenly matched teams. You know, the Cavs are young and exciting. The Knicks have had the best season in a while. And yet, like, I just can't get that jazzed about it. And I'm like a former, like, big-time Knicks guy. You know, I watched the Knicks in the 90s. I just read this book, Blood in the Garden. Yeah. And it talked about the 90s Knicks. And when you read that book, you're like, oh, my gosh, the NBA was so different back then. And I'm not suggesting that we need to go back to fighting and players, you know, knocking each other out. Like, I'm glad that the the game's been cleaned up a bit. But when you read the book, the players don't like the other players. Like, they're actually, I am going up against Cleveland and I hate you. And here now in the NBA, it's just so buddy-buddy. But, like, I just wish it was Donovan Mitchell saying, screw the Knicks. They didn't give the extra first-round pick. I hate you guys. I don't know if it's just, like, kumbaya, social media, or we all make so much money now. But there just isn't that same tension that I would want in a series like this that you would have in the 90s. And so that's, like, my only disappointment is I wish that we could really have rival teams like we used to have. But I do think playoff matchups can help breed that, right? Like, look at, like... Until the Pelicans utterly collapsed, one of the things I most loved about their season was the we'll anim- that coming. animosity <laughs> animosity that the Suns and Pelicans had, right? Like in Jose not even saying the name of Chris Paul. I love that because I agree with you. We want real rivalries and like not everyone like just exchanging jerseys at the end of the game. Anyway, Daniel, what do you think about no. the series? Too much player movement, guys. Just to come back it? to that last point. Too much player movement. And so... And everyone lives and works out in L.A. in the offseason now. Yeah. It's just, you know, we have a revisionist history right now. And, you know, we're, we're kind of speaking to our age that we're upset back in my day. And uh, I've had to catch myself on that a couple of times. But in terms of this series, <clears throat> interesting paradox because it's meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Right. Neither one of these teams are going to, are going to go on a serious run. But I do think it can end up being a pretty fun series that goes six or seven games. I actually like the Knicks in this series. I think playoff, and this is going to like contradict what I said about the Sixers, so I can name that. But I do think playoff experience and how you've shown up in the past in playoffs matters a ton. Jalen Brunson was critical yeah. to that Mavericks run in the Western Conference last year when no one saw that coming. And so I think when it comes down to it, pick and roll with him and Julius Randle, or him handling the ball in crucial situations is going to be the difference. And I think the Knicks are going to pull this one off. See, and I, I only thing I would disagree with you on that, I, I don't think the Knicks will win, but I I actually could see the Cavs coming out of the out of the East. Um, I just think they're so immensely talented and reasonable take. They 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 are they are when you say come out of the East, you mean like beat the Bucks. Do you? Yeah. I don't think they will, but like I don't, it wouldn't blow my mind if they were the Eastern Conference champions. It, I would be more surprised if the Sixers advanced out of the East than I would if the Cavs, because the Cavs have the top wow. de- top defense in the league and have all year and a top seven offense, and they just have. You've seen Donovan Mitchell last year aside really thrive in the playoffs, and so I can't. You, I don't know. I I think this is going to be fun. All right, let's go to Western Western Conference. Uh, I'd say this is the most boring of the series: um, Timberwolves and Nuggets. Am I wrong about that? Um, I, I I honestly don't know how much of this I'm going to watch, especially after seeing uh, Ant completely crap the bed uh, in the two playing games. He just has not been playing well. I wonder Man, if he saw that coming. I, I I don't know, but he. I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's injured. Uh, um, the, I mean, the only thing to look forward to is to see who punches. 
Oh, you said ant. I like ant. I thought you said cat. My bad. No, no, no. Well, ant is fantastic. Cat is one of the most infuriating basketball players in the league. Go ahead, Alex. Agreed. One of the things you guys got to do, and you're going to mock me or make fun of me, hop on Netflix tonight and fire up Love is Blind. It is the most amazing reality TV show where these couples either get married or not. It's not fun when the couples get married and get happy. It's fun, of course, when they fall apart. Yeah. And the reason why this series could be amazing is because either you have the Timberwolves who completely implode after game one or two on the heels of the Gobert fight, on the heels of the Gobert trade, and you just see terrible body language, what's going to happen? Sign me up, I'm eating popcorn. Or the, the bigger like elephant in the room is if Jokic doesn't get it done. Agreed. And he's a two-time MVP. The tension came out, and it came a little bit, of course, like the ESPN, like a black-white thing versus Jokic and Embiid. But it's really about, wait a second, Jokic has won two MVPs. He can't really play defense. Nope. And is he the best player in the NBA? No. Is he one of the top three or four best players in the NBA? No. And so Mm. it's going to get really uncomfortable or awkward when or if – they start imploding against the Timberwolves, and it's on the table. I don't see how you can't you can say that he's not one of the top three or four players. Like to me, oh Gian- my god, are you serious? Name him. Who? What? To me, Giannis is by far and away the best player in the league, but Jokic is right up there. Stop it, Vince. At the end of the day, it's like if I needed the, a player to win an NBA championship, Game Seven of the NBA Finals, I don't think Jokic is that guy. But Giannis. He is that guy. Steph Curry is that guy. Kawhi Leonard is that guy. Kevin Durant is that guy. All those guys you would rather have winning game seven. Jokic can't play D. He hasn't gotten it done. And it's a little uncomfortable for a man to win two MVPs who was almost on the verge of winning a third MVP despite until the backlash happened. Like it's there's a problem here. It's a little Steve Nashy. Mm. I, I think Steve Nash was the best player in the NBA at, at points when during what? his career. Like he was fantastic. I, I won't I won't stand for any pro Kobe on this because Steve Nash is the epitome of selfless basketball. Anyway, he was, he was in a system that promoted what he did well, one thousand percent. He did it. There in, was a reason he never won. He did it. And in, you can't say it was supporting cast. He did it in okay. Dallas and he did it in Phoenix. But we're we're getting off on a tangent here. What do you think about so this? Dallas series? let him, Dallas let the best player in the league walk. I, I just had already given you my points about Dallas not being the best run organization in the league. So Dallas when, arguably has the, one of the greatest NBA finals most, um, yes. showcases that we've seen. Most improbable, I would say the most improbable win. That is like UVA winning the uh, NCAA championship. If you run it back 100 times, they they win it one out of those 100 times. We're going to start a tally of how many times you say you hate something or somebody the, the, and how many times you bring up UVA. That's my whole, sh- that's my whole shtick, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, I either love something or it's garbage. This is, this I is. I love it. Now the podcast title is making so much more sense to me. <laughs> I have to look it up. Now the context is giving me what I need. Listen, I don't even want to watch this series. I'm, I'm so happy that the games are coming on so late on the East Coast. So I won't feel pressured to stay up and watch this. Well, Denver should walk through this and if they don't, you have to look in the mirror to your point, Alex, and figure out what the hell is going on. What are we even doing? What's the point of winning all these regular season games yes. if we're struggling with the Minnesota Timberwolves? Yeah. I don't plan on watching this at all. And, and to make myself clear, I think that they're going to win. I think they'll win in five or six. But I do think that they're going to get spanked I by the Suns in the next round. Couldn't and agree I think more. It's going to put in the question, like, how good is Jokic? 
And honestly, I think the I, I do agree with that. And I, I think Aiton is going to give make Jokic look worse than he should in that series too. And that is not going to contribute well to this narrative. Before we move on, do we know why everyone that ever plays with Rudy hates him? Is it like a Carson Wentz thing where he's like a seemingly nice guy, but just so fucking annoying? Like, I don't understand the level. Like, it's so funny when this, when you just as a fan can sense, oh, everyone fucking hates him. He's the worst because... (laughs) He thinks he's way better yeah. than he is. And so <clears throat> he's super annoying. And then the most critical thing, he lacks self-awareness. Who remembers right before the bubble? Oh, yeah. When he made fun of COVID-19 rubbing everything. He yeah. Was the first player to like. And, you know, I can't believe I understand Shaq's frustration with how much he got paid. I don't understand why Minnesota gave up so much for this guy. No, it's the worst trade. And so I don't think worst trade in NBA history. Like his his personality. Like we don't like you and we don't like think it's fair how 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 you tricked the NBA into thinking that you're this special this special talent. My last quick thought on this, because I actually think it's somewhat similar to Jokic. The the NBA stat nerds that have revolutionized the you know the NBA over the past five, ten years with player efficiency rating and all the different advanced metrics. Love Gobert. They do. They love Jokic. And to some extent, the NBA players, and, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong, say, that's bullshit, that these statistics aren't that good, that the media gives way too much love to these guys, and they're not actually premier, premier players. Obviously, Jokic and Gobert being in slightly different rungs. But I think that that's also fueling it, where the players look at Gobert and they're like, you're not even, not only you're not the best player on our team, you're not the second best player. You're not even like the third best player. And I think that's how Donovan Mitchell felt in Utah. I think that's how Cat and Anfield in Minnesota. And that's creating a lot of the tension as well. I think that's right. But I would also say the NBA players also all think Kyrie is amazing. And he has like 100% approval. Okay. We're going on to the next series. Um, All right. I would say I'm going to, my hot take on this is Memphis Lakers. I don't understand why everyone is choosing the Lakers and why we suddenly now think Memphis sucks. Lake show. I just, I do not understand it. The Lakers look like they are. Lake show. The the Lakers are the most geriatric team that do not look (laughs) like they have anything left in the fourth quarter. They should have lost that Wolves game a hundred times over if the Wolves were not utterly incompetent. And I don't understand why we are acting like this is 2013 LeBron James. The dude doesn't play defense for most of the game, and his turnovers in that uh, playing game were terrible and inexplicable. I like, I all things aside with Ja, they're very, very talented and still deep, even without Adams, even without Clark. And I just, I, I'm shocked that people, so many people, are picking the Lakers. So I, th- I think the, the fun challenge here is that, that typically in an NBA series, the best player wins. Like when we've gone through these picks, yep. Thomas is the best player. We think that they're going to win their series and be Tatum, Jokic. The problem here is who is the best player in the series? And if it's LeBron or AD, then yeah, they're top heavy. And I think the Lakers have a really good chance. Or if you think Ja is that like superstar and has that dog in him, then I think that the Grizzlies have a chance. And it really kind of comes down to where you side on those players. Yeah. I have to decide that Ja is not that guy. Ever or just and now? I, th- I just think like right now, he just everything going on, 
the defense. I just I just don't see it. I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. And I think that LeBron's got one last run in him. I think Anthony Davis is playing great and happens to be healthy. And so that's why I think the Lakers have a really good shot. I think they have the two best players in the series. Until AD gets hurt in game two. But anyway. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> this is going to be a really fun series. I'm a Lakers fan. And so... <clears throat> You're a Lakers I'm and a Cowboys be. fan? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. What absolutely. Oh, my God. Get the... Absolutely. Oh. Unlike my my colleague here, uh, who switches teams every three or four years, depending on how he's feeling, I stick with my teams. Uh, so I'll be a little biased here. I really like Memphis. I think they're deep. I like young teams. Um, you know, can we curse on this podcast? I do all the time. They don't give a fuck, and I love that. Like, Agreed. Same time... I love that, like, Dylan Brooks is already poking the bear and LeBron. I love that media pundits are killing AD when he's healthy and he's, like, on the court for a significant amount of minutes. He is unstoppable. Sure. I don't know what media pundits are killing AD. Everyone everyone is choosing the Lakers. Usually it's around around injuries. But if he has one game where it's like, oh, he has 16 and 7, can AD carry the Lakers? What's going on? Healthy, and he's healthy, which obviously you got to stipulate. Oh yeah, and so would you want, would you want him or Jokic to win a game? Healthy, it's AD. AD, I agree. I agree. Totally agree. And he followed by Austin, followed by floor. Austin Reeves. So yeah, I, <laughs> I think that <clears throat> Stephen Adams is a bigger loss. Agreed. That people want to talk about outstanding defense, outstanding screen setter, and an outstanding rebounder. So you mean to tell me the Lakers might have the advantage on the boards? And now AD only has to contend with Jaron Jackson on the defensive end. I think it's going to be tough for Memphis. At the same time, the Lakers don't have a ton of chemistry right now. They're still trying to figure out their rotations. While they are deeper, I think it's going to take them a couple games in the playoffs to like figure out what the rotation is going to be moving forward. I can see Memphis getting out to an early 2-1 lead in this series, but I think the Lakers win in six or seven. I, I also think... For you. We're overlooking we're overlooking the D'Angelo Russell factor, which is just like he's not good at basketball and not a good decision maker. And so I, I But he doesn't have to be. That's the great thing about this team. He's not in the number one spot. He's definitely not your number two. Is he maybe your number three? Well And I, so if he's like your fourth or fifth option, if he plays well, hell yes. If he doesn't, just like we saw in that closeout game, hey, Schroeder, you have the high hand right now. You play the whole fourth quarter. I we do, don't even need D. Russell. I think that's fair, but I do think what this series is ultimately going to come down to is how it's officiated and whether the Lakers go to the line a record number of times like they have over the course uh, since LeBron had his uh, you know, tantrum in, in, in Boston earlier this year. What were you going to say, Alex? Uh, just quick story. Went to the Grizzlies-Pelicans game last week. Steve Adams, of course, was injured in street clothes. But the man has amazing hair, has his clothes. <laughs> Every time out, he's getting the box score uh, and is, like, talking to the coaches and the players. And then for the fourth quarter and overtime, he stood up the entire time off the bench and just watched the game. It yeah. was, like, cheering the team on. It was, like, unbelievable. And, you know, comparing it to some other – uh, players who were injured that game who weren't participating mm. like, is the guy I would want on my team. Well, I will just say this one quick aside here. When I took Nori K, my daughter, she was probably four or five to a game. He, when he was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was pedaling a bike right underneath where we were sitting uh, when he was off the court because he was dealing with the back injury. And like 
we were like, you know, three feet away from him. And she turned to me and I will never forget this. She's like, that is the biggest human I've ever seen. Is he a giant? She just kept asking me, is daddy, is that a real giant? And that's what it feels like. I love that man, you know. Okay. Okay. Two more series. Kings Warriors. My one on this is I think it's going to be the Kings and I don't think it's going to be close. And I'm so ready for the Warriors to be done. So ready for them to be done. I, I know I'm wrong, but go ahead. No, you know what? I also don't think you're wrong. I think it's the same thing with the Miami Heat. It's like, yes. man, are we going to reward you for past performance? Or are we going to actually say, what have you done for us recently? Do you know what the Warriors' road record is this year? It's abysmal. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And mm-hmm. so, like, at a certain point, I don't know. Like, this team just isn't it. Now, if Andrew Wiggins comes back, it's the playoffs. You can turn your the thing back on. I, I don't know, but I think it's going to go uh, six or seven, and it's 50-50 to me. I agree. I think it's a toss-up. I really like this Kings team. Me too. I haven't watched them until like the last month or so. But every time I watch, I'm like, holy shit, no one can stay in front of De'Aaron Fox. Holy shit, De'Aaron Fox has almost perfected this mid-range and he's shooting better from the outside. Wait, Malik Monk. I love Malik Monk, yes. This last year, like he is... He can shoot the ball. He can. They, they, Sabonis, I don't know. You talked earlier, Alex, about liking each other in chemistry. They have that. Yes. You got to give kudos to Mike Brown for pulling that off so quickly with a young team who was trying to figure out, honestly, what do we do with these young pieces? To see them at the three seed right now, I think um, is amazing at the same time. At the same time. I think this is going to be such a fun series. And people keep. You got Steph on the other side of that thing, man. And how many times. Have we watched the Warriors look out of it? That's true. And Steph just go on a crazy run and Clay chipping a little bit and Poole catches that energy and Draymond makes the perfect pass or perfect. I just, I can't go against their experience in the playoffs. And this is the Kings first time being here and, and they're the higher seed. And I think that might be a lot for them to deal with in round one. I'm going with the Warriors, but I do expect it to go about six or seven games. But we'll all be happy if the Warriors lose, is what I'm taking from this. No. No? no? Okay. What? I like star power. Yeah, bro. It's the Steph stories. LeBron, Steph, round I, I'll take that all Sign day long. Me I'll take that all day long. All right. I'll take now, the, as a Lakers fan, I'd rather see the Kings straight up. I'll take the De'Aaron Fox jaw matchup in the second round. But let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the final um matchup here and couldn't be more excited for this series. It's Clipper Suns. Um, we get to finally see the Suns play for a while, hopefully with Kevin Durant. They have not lost since Kevin Durant joined the team. I, I, my, I, this is the one where I don't have anything specific other than just I can't wait to see it. I think the Suns are going to prevail. Um, they're my Western Conference pick. But um, yeah, I just I, this is going to be so much fun. I, I can't wait. I actually, with all due respect to Giannis, and maybe put Giannis in a different category, so beyond him, I think that the two best players in the NBA for one game you want to win are Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Like, I think that these two guys are like the real deal. They can shoot, they can play defense, they can pass. Like, What, what weakness? And I'm just really sad that Paul George isn't going to be in it. Agreed. I will say, though, even without Paul George... saw that coming. There is a man... <laughs> who is an NBA Most Valuable Player. He is a, of course, nine-time All-NBA team member, 
He led the league in scoring. Oh my twice. God! Yes, he went back to back NBA All Star Game MVPs. Daniel, should I, I just stop the recording right now? Strong. He's starting to play exceptionally well. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and this is the redemption tour. You know what, Lakers? Fuck you! I'm with the Clippers. Oh no, Paul George, it's all good. Mm. Me and Kawhi, we're taking it to the Suns. They don't team chemistry, and there's an upset, baby. Russell Westbrook. The man has such thin skin, he kicks fans out for saying Westbrook. Not, nothing offensive. Westbrook, which is fair because he has not shot above, I believe, 29% from three-point range in the past, like, five seasons. He is the model of inefficiency. Look, I used to love him. I love the passion he plays with. But to say that he is a, like, winning basketball player at this point is just, mm-hmm. you're just on drugs. So, Alex, you mentioned before, like, are we rewarding people for their past accomplishments? <laughs> I, would, I would argue that Russell Westbrook um, is the captain of, of that team. I still appreciate the guy. I do think he's disrespected in terms of who he is and what he's brought to the game. Like, put some respect on the guy's name. And to your point, say his name right. You also were correct when you said he has the biggest chip on the shoulder. And maybe that's why he can't shoot for shit these days. Because there's no way Russell is your number two guy in a seven-game series against any team, but especially against this loaded Phoenix Suns team, that they're going to pull this thing off. I also love Kawhi Leonard, and I don't think he's the same as he was four or five years ago in Toronto. It's just not the same. And so while he's awesome, I don't. he doesn't scare me as a defender anymore. And he gets hot sometimes on offense, but when's the last time we saw a 40-point game, 50-point game? When's the last time we saw they just can't stop Kawhi Leonard? Honestly, when I watch him, too, you talk about him looking gas in the fourth quarter. Kawhi looks gas more times than not. I'm not sure if he's put on too much muscle. I'm not sure if his uncle hasn't tweaked his, uh, his training regimen to, to fit the up and down of the new NBA, but I just don't see it. And this hurts my heart because I love Kevin Durant. Oh, my God. People don't talk about him enough. We talk about disrespect. I agree. Can't stop this guy. He's, he's the most talented like player in the NBA. Play. It's crazy. But this is sad to me because now CP3 gets to ride on the, on the sore Achilles <laughs> of Kevin Durant through these playoffs. There hasn't been a more overrated superstar in NBA history than Chris Paul. Straight up. And I hate that he gets to go on this run with this loaded team. Crazy how many stars there are. Like, we haven't even mentioned Devin Booker. Like, yeah. there is some names yeah. in the series. Just to set the record straight, uh, in the 21 games that Westbrook has played as a Clipper, 21 games, like, decent sample size, shot 36% from the three-point line and 49% from the field. Now that he's got space, there's actual shooters. Like, the team makes sense. Unlike the Lakers. Just want to throw out those. That's actual space? Did you see how Draymond Green guarded this guy? Is there more space in the world for any NBA player, any basketball player on any level? Well, let's I'm not sure. You know, the best part about this is we're going to get to Freezing see him fall on, fall on his face once again during the series when he continues to have his irrational confidence and jack up shots uh, when he shouldn't. So. All right, we are we are at time here, so let's just go around real quick. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate you all coming on, but let's just give our quick. I think I've already given mine away, but let's uh, say our uh, who we think is going to make it to the f- conference finals in each, and then who we think is going to get to the championship and who's going to win. Daniel, you want to go first? No, I need a second to stew, man. We've said a lot today. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, then I'll lead it. I'll, I'll lead us off. I think it's going to be the uh, Suns, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Grizz. And I think the Suns come out, and then I think it's going to be Celtics, Bucks, just true to form in the East. And I see the Bucks coming out, Bucks Suns rematch, and this time I think the Suns prevail. I like uh, the Suns to come out of the West, and I like I'm rooting hard for the Bucks. I have some money on the Bucks to win, but I like the Celtics to come out of the East, and I like the Celtics to win the championship. Wow, strong pick. Yeah, man, I really like the Celtics too. But y'all heard where I'm where I was going earlier. Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I got the Sixers and the Bucks, and I got the Sixers coming out in the West. We got a Lakers Suns matchup. Oh dear God! And the Suns come out, and DeAndre Ayton just ain't enough for Joel Embiid. MVP Embiid, and Embiid goes on a tear, and he he takes this thing. We might not ever see him in the playoffs again after this, but for the next few months, I expect him to dominate and come out of this thing with a ring. I wish Vegas is NBA Finals winner. Vince has losing in the first round. That's correct. That's about right. I, I will just say I wish this podcast was sponsored by FanDuel so that we could go on and I could bet against <laughs> the 76ers. But um, all right, y'all. This was fantastic. Uh, maybe we do a check-in later in the playoffs. Um, but really appreciate you both coming on. Hope you both have great days. And, uh, yeah, just make sure you're your you're 100% selves going forward um, because that's that's the only reason you can ever – ever come on a podcast is if you're at your peak form. Don't strain well, yourselves. Thanks for having us, Ben. I'll actually text you guys updates of what's actually happening in the games. Oh, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm going to need that in that, uh, what, what series was I talking about? <laughs> Which one was it? Nuggets, Timberwolves? <laughs> Please text me, bro. I'm not watching that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Have a great day. And uh, thanks for joining us again on the Insatiable Content Podcast.